0: What's up people today we're talking about conversion rate optimization and in particular four mistakes that kill conversion rates. Now these are subtle but horrible. (laughs) Right? We're going to look at how some of these Mistakes are being made on some of the world's biggest brands, sites, and companies that are spending vast amounts of money on paid traffic. They're driving that traffic to sites that isn't converting particularly well, which is just a chronic shame. High conversion rate is usually one of the top goals of marketers and marketing managers. And it's easy to understand why getting traffic to your website is usually the thing that costs money. Once it's on that, or once the visitors are on your website, converting them into leads or sales usually doesn't cost very much if anything at all. So it makes sense to focus on that piece given that it's the fastest way to increase the volume of leads and sales that you're getting even if you don't get any more additional traffic. Now today we're going to be breaking up our areas of analysis into four areas. Firstly, design over customer experience. Secondly, asking for too much too soon. Thirdly, unenticing CTAs. Uh, There's nothing we hate more than an unenticing CTA. And fourthly, overbearing forms. Okay, going to be talking through plenty of examples. If you want to watch the YouTube version of this, then you can head over to our YouTube channel. Just go on Exposure Ninja's YouTube channel and search for conversion rate and you will find it. Let's go. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja digital marketing podcast. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja digital marketing podcast. My name is Tim, I'm founder of Exposure Ninja, we're a digital marketing agency to help our clients get more leads and sales through their websites. And one of the areas that we focus on intensely is conversion rate optimization because it is a very big and strong lever to generate a higher return from your digital marketing spend. So let's start with one of the main areas that we see businesses tripping up on at the moment. And that is design taking priority over everything else. Now, by the way, I totally get this, you want a pretty website, because It's the first impression that people have of your business, right? It's like having a nice, beautiful shop front in the olden days. We want a beautiful website because it reflects well on our business. And you're right, absolutely, it should do and you should have a beautiful website. But businesses so often fall into the trap of having websites that are designed first to be beautiful. And then user friendliness or conversion rate is an afterthought if it's even thought of at all. A beautifully designed landing page won't get you far if your CTA is horrible. Okay, now I'm on the website of a Norwegian law firm uh, called greet I think G R E T T dot n o now, this is a beautiful website. It's got lots of things that we love. It's got new tones. It's got a nice clear design. It's got pictures of the staff and they are look good quality, professional pictures of the staff. They all look very smart. They all look happy yet professional. But unfortunately, that's basically all there is on the entire homepage. Okay. Above the fold, we just have lawyers, full stop, expertise, full stop. It's all a bit Nathan Barley. To be honest, there is a search box, which is where the CTA button you would expect it to be. But it just says search, it doesn't give you any hints or suggestions on what you might like to search for. There is no clarification of, about who this website is for, what types of law this firm specialise in, what geographies they serve, anything at all. In fact, the only thing that we can do on this page is hover over the people's images. And then we get this strange sort of gradient, gray, white, black thing, it really has to be seen to be believed. Now, this is a very beautiful website that would have cost a lot of money. And it would have taken a long time to have this built. And no doubt there was lots of backwards and forwards. And we like this, we like this, let's change the tone of this. Let's, you know, try this different angle. Let's talk about the order that the people appear on the page. But unfortunately, at no point, has somebody said, what do we actually want people to do on this page? What should the next step be that we're expecting visitors to take? And how do we incentivize them? to take that next step. So there is no CTA on this page at all. There is in fact, no information about this business at all, you have to hunt through the menus to find out what types of law they serve. And this is really quite terrible. If instead they had a CTA box, which just said, uh, you know, tell us a bit about your case or get a free case assessment or something like that, they would then start to generate leads from people saying I need help with this or that thing or they might have if they want to position their lawyers as the people to talk to, they might have a little questionnaire that helps you find the right lawyer for you. Okay, whatever the thing needs to be, they need to guide the visitors through a process that gently feels compelling and enticing enough for people to actually take the action. It's no good just sticking a bunch of business cards to a wall and hoping that someone takes the initiative, digs around and calls you to find out what on earth is going on. Now another website which is nowhere near as pretty at hoglandlaw.com that's h o g l u n d hogland law law.com. Now this is a very well conversion optimized website. This is a US personal injury uh, website which you know tells you a bit because personal injury clicks are fairly uh, high cost in the US. So you don't tend to get um, you don't tend to get poorly converting websites advertising. Although of course, there are exceptions to every rule. Uh, but the call to action here is call us they've got a big red button at the top for calling them. But they also have get a free consultation. They've got some very clear headline and sub headline copy above the fold. They've got a lovely Google rating with a whole bunch of reviews here. And they've got very very benefits driven copy. Now this website, I'm going to be completely honest does not look anywhere near as pretty as the other one. In fact, it looks looks positively mid 2010s homemade. But but if I had to bet which one of these two websites would generate more revenue from a 1000 PPC visitors, I would say this one over the Norwegian one, every day of the week, I can imagine that this one's got a decent conversion rate, I cannot see how the other one would have a decent conversion rate at all. So think about what's happened here. One of these businesses has spent loads of money on a fancy design, one of these businesses has spent almost no money on a fancy design. But yet they focused on the most important thing, which is the conversion. Of course, you would want a beautiful design and the great conversion rate optimization principles. But if you're forced to choose, choose the CRO. Okay. Um here's a, another site with a fancy design. Let me talk you through what's going on here and this is at pairring.co. P E A R ring.co. And when you land on this website, it looks very non-traditional. You've got a little box in the middle of the screen which says uh, are you straight or are you not straight and you have to click on one of these buttons and then you go into this page. Now, I sort of understand why they would ask that question before you land on the page. I'll tell you a bit more about what the product is uh, in a moment, but it doesn't actually make any sense from a conversion rate optimization principle. Because every time you're asking someone to make a choice, or you're asking someone to have a positive action in order to view more information, you are losing people. Okay, every time you ask people to do something in order to see the next page, you are losing people. This is why one page checkouts work best generally better than multi page checkouts because you have fewer page loads. Therefore, you have fewer opportunities for people to get lost and fall over. So forcing everyone who's coming into your site to make a choice before they even enter your site, unless this is a legal requirement, doesn't typically make any sense at all. Because straight off the top, you're filtering a whole bunch of people that for whatever reason, can't won't, didn't see the question, whatever, but can't get through to your website. So that makes no sense. Okay, now you get to the page, what do you what are you faced with? Well, you've got a sort of scrolling ticker stream of stuff at the top, uh, which is designed to sort of uh, trigger fear of missing out. It says due to high demand, this release is about to sell out free global shipping today. And then it just keeps repeating. Uh, then you've got a headline, which is the world's biggest social experiment. The sub uh, the sub headline copy is single introducing pair, the in real life social experiment taking the world by storm hashtag not a dating app. Now, I've been on this page for however long 30 seconds, I still have absolutely no idea what this is about. All I know is that it's not a dating app. And it's a social experiment. Other than that, What am I here for? If I'm not in the mindset of I want to join a social experiment, I'm probably not bothered at this stage. Remember, people act from a point of self interest. So there's no point selling them into a wider social goal. Unless there is a self interest component in there. People are not buying your products because they want to join a social experiment. They're buying your products because they want a benefit. They want to be sexy, happy, healthy or wealthy, right or a combination. So we keep scrolling down, eventually we learn that this is a sort of colored silicon ringer thing that you wear um if you're single to show other people that you are single, but you have to hunt that information out. Now, the danger or the downside of taking this approach is that as people are scrolling down your page, all they're getting is more and more questions. They're not getting any answers to your questions. And remember, conversion rate optimization, part of good CRO is just about removing the impediments that prevent people from converting, right? Two approaches for this. You can either do things that make them convert against their better judgment, or you can just simply stop preventing them from converting by giving them the answers to their question. And this is a side which does a fantastic job of raising more questions than it answers. It's also the least defensible business model in the world because it's essentially a $20 silicon ring, which doesn't seem to have any IP protection, they do a good job of um, FOMO, FOMO inducement, Uh, they have a little second release sold out thing third release shipping globally, which tells us that because it's the second release that's being sold out great, that means the first release also went well. So clearly, this thing is something that has a bit of traction, which really triggers that FOMO piece. But as a whole, there is a lot of elements about this which typify uh, conversion rate optimization problems. Now, if we have a look at another ring website, this is Oura Ring. ring o u r a ring.com. They do a fantastic job of explaining a much more advanced and potentially complicated product on their website very, very simply. So you can go to the website, or watch the YouTube video to see the walkthrough of this. But above the fold, we have the copy, the most trusted smart ring, health tracking wrapped around your finger, track your sleep activity and recovery in style shop now, boom, everything that you need to know about that product. If you wanted to, you would then have enough information to go through and have a look in the shop and, and check out the products. If you don't want to, there's plenty more information on the page. And the information hierarchy on this page is brilliant. I'm not going to talk you through every piece of copy on this page, but it's incredibly well thought through. They've really examined the information that people need to know in the order that they need to know it in order to then go through and make a purchase. And as you go down the page, you have this Shop Now CTA echoed in every section. So as soon as you're ready, as soon as you're particular brain gets enough information in order to know that you want to take the next step, you can see a CTA, you know, the next thing to do, if you don't have enough information, you can click through in any area to find out more information. So it's essentially a sort of choose your own journey approach to CRO where you can get as much information or as little information as you need. But you are always within one page, you're always, always within one page scroll of a CTA, which makes this page very, very conversion focused. So make sure you're answering any questions or objections your potential customers might have before you're asking them to take the next step. And whatever you do, don't prioritize design or mystery over the customer experience. Okay, Next thing we're going to look at websites that have a pop up which ask for too much from the visitor before they've had a chance to look at the site. Now, this falls under the category of too much too soon. These websites that ask for too much information before they've justified. The collection of that information. So I'm on the website of Shein dot com or dot .co.uk uh, everyone's favorite fast fashion site and uh, favorite asterisk fast fashion site. And on this site, you get a fairly typical sort of e commerce pop up where you've got some offers in the pop up as soon as the page loads. But the difference here is that rather than just asking for your name and email address, they're actually asking you to register an account on Shein. Before you get access to the discounts. Now, I question the wisdom of this, to put it mildly, because we've seen the data that tells us when you have an e commerce store, you ask for name and email or name and phone or even just email on just phone, um, and then you give them a discount. So you either text them the discount code or you email the discount code, and then you've got that piece of customer data that you can then follow up with them and you can build a list with them and you can target them, you can retarget them, whatever you like to do based on that session that they've been on your site but asking them to sign up for a full account before they've even had a chance to look at the products doesn't make any sense to me. Remember, they've just landed on the page here, they haven't had a chance to dig through all the products, they haven't had a chance to even ascertain that this is a site they would like to buy from and we're already requiring them to sign up for an account. So a little bit too much too soon. Here. Now if you could contrast this with the pop up on Lucy and this pop up appears after 10 seconds offers you a discount code in risk in return for just your email address. So much lower commitment level. And the fact that it asks for your email address after 10 seconds means you've had a bit of time to familiarize yourself with the site, have a look at the products and decide that this is Something that you would like to buy from, that you would like to proceed with. Don't forget, people might not, or people might click out of the Shein pop-up, not because they don't want the discount code yet, but just because they haven't fully confirmed whether they want it yet. So I might want to buy from Shein. I might just not know if that they sell the particular product that I have yet. So it's not like I hate the company. It's just like I might not be in love enough with the company, ready to give them all of the info that's required for a full website registration. So it's not asking people to sign up for the website when they might not yet be familiar enough to make that decision. So good idea to review any pop ups on your website, make sure they're right for the stage of the customer journey where visitors are actually at. Now next up is one of the biggest CRO sins where we still see it everywhere. This is basic dreadful CTAs, you know, the stuff like contact us or find out more. Well, one of the most common devastating CTAs is the get started uh, button, particularly when the audience doesn't yet know what they're starting. And I'm on play.com which is P laid.com and uh, i get a headline here one integration all of open banking played is a world leading network data network and payments platform to help you cut costs on board and convert more customers so a fairly complex value proposition but something that has a lot of value unfortunately the cta is get started so if you click on get started what do you expect to happen well it's bad enough to have a get started cta but to pair it with the contact sales cta form which is possibly the only thing less appealing than get started is frankly just a sin um yeah i mean (laughs) contact sales we've always had an issue with this as a cta wording because you know, you ask a room of a thousand people what their snap judgment is about salespeople. And by the way, I personally love salespeople. We have a great team of salespeople here at Exposure Ninja. We have loads of clients that have fantastic salespeople. I'm a salesperson at heart. And yet the connotations people have about salespeople are on the whole negative. So if you have a call to action on your website, which is contact sales, how attractive really is that? Who are you expecting to attract? from that and who are you expecting or he who might you repel from that cta there's another site that has a contact sales cta that is brex.com no relation of brexit uh, which i hear is a term of critique that is used by young people in this country for things totally unrelated to brexit that is a tangent anyway brex.com says control all your spend in one unified platform the cta button is contact sales. They use that above the fold, they even use it in the top navigation as well. Now, again, we've talked about why contact sales isn't possibly the greatest CTA in the world. And um, but to Brexit's credit, they do have an alternative CTA which is open an account. Now while this is a I think this is a uh, it's like a global um, credit card and business card expense management software. So yes, you do want people to contact sales. But what's the thing that you actually want people to do? They might want to get a quote, they might want to understand how it works, they might want to get a demo. There's something which has a higher perceived value than me talking to your salespeople who are probably going to try and close me on something I don't really like as and make me pay more than I don't really need to spend, right? That's the perception that people might have about sales. Whereas, you know, if it's get a quote, or book a demo with one of our helpful advisors, that's a completely different mindset that someone is going into and a completely different as uh, sort of threshold for them being willing to take that action. Now, the secondary CTA, as we said, is open an account. Now, we don't mind this because it is a fairly common uh, secondary CTA for modern banks. If you see modern banks, a lot of the time the um, account opening procedure is very streamlined. It's very slick, because they appreciate that that is you know, the, the modern way where you just want to do something without having to talk to people, you just want to play with it, have a look and see how it works on your own without being pressured into doing anything. So it's a good idea to have some sort of CTA like that if your account onboarding experience is very seamless and very slick, because people can explore it in their own way. Now, of course, you want to have a robust follow up process with them either by phone or by email to make sure they're getting the most of the account and make sure that you're properly onboarding them and showing them how to use it because otherwise, you know, that lead to churn or whatever. But you know, on the whole, it's a good idea to have multiple CTAs that are targeted to different commitment levels. So you're offering something to people who aren't ready to take your primary call to action. Another good example of this is HubSpot, their main CTA is get a demo, they have a secondary CTA of get started free. So if you're not ready to yet take a demo and sit through with someone, then you can get started free. There's some text underneath that says get a demo of our premium software or get started with free tools. So they make it very clear that the free tier is very much a sort of secondary CTA if you want the best stuff, you have to get a demo. So I really like that. think it's a really smart way of using those primary and secondary CTAs. Here's another CTA conversion rate killer. And that is long and complicated forms. Now, I know that your team, your sales team in particular, want loads of information about your prospects prior to talking to them, because that allows them to pre qualify, and to do all sorts of background research and digging. And you might need to get lots of information from people in order to validate whether they're worth your time, if they're a lead, or if they're, you know, purchase, and obviously you want as much information about them as possible so that you can, um, you know, send them stuff on their birthday, and make sure you're targeting the right products to them and your follow up email and all that type of stuff. But there is a point where asking for lots of information, particularly if it's not warranted can lead to a precipitous drop in conversion rate. Now I'm on the website for the band gang and their mailing list is a particularly egregious example of this. If you want to sign up for the mailing list, um, which by the way, gets you more uh, which gets you new music, merch and show. So it's basically just a newsletter. You're asked for your email. Fair enough. First name. Fair enough. Last name. Really date of birth or birthday. Okay, so maybe they want to send you something for your birthday, potentially, then your address, including your street, your address, your city, your state, your postcode and zip and your country not entirely sure why they need that unless they're coming to meet you outside your house, and your phone number as well. Now that seems a little overkill. Of course, there is a world where that makes total sense. If they want to send you stuff, for example, through the post, then that's totally fine. But the important thing is, explain that in the form, you know, you get the form field, you get the title of the form field, and you get a little description that you can put underneath. So say address, we like to send our fans little things through the mail every so often, if you would like to receive these optional gifts, then tell us your postal address, that's going to get a much higher conversion rate than if you just meet someone on the street and say, Hey, can I have your address, please? Same with phone number, totally fine to ask for people's phone numbers, if you need it, because then your team is going to follow them up, or you're going to send them offers via SMS or whatever, but let them know on what basis you're asking for that information, so that they can make a choice. And it's a good idea to also make it optional for them to be able to leave that so you're not requiring them to enter the address in order to submit your form. That is an option that they can, uh, you know, they can give you that if they want these additional things. So it's really important to make sure that they know what they're getting. And it also gives you a chance to sell them on the benefits of them giving you that information. Now, On the Exposure Ninja website, we have a pretty long form for our free website and marketing review on average, I think it takes people about five minutes to fill it out last time I checked. But we actually do that for the exact same reason that gang of views ask for all these information, all these bits of information, but sort of accidentally. And that is, we ask for a lot of information actually as a conversion rate suppression device. Because what we don't want to do when we're filling out one of these, uh, when we're carrying out one of these website and marketing reviews for people, they take us a lot of time, they take us about half an hour to research and record. And we create the video showing people how to get more leads and sales through their website, showing them how to make the most of their digital marketing and all that stuff. And we send it to them via email, then two to three working days. Now, if they can't even be bothered to fill in a few fields in the form, we don't want to go to the effort of recording that review, knowing that they're probably not even going to watch it anyway. So there are times where you actually want to add to your form using it as a way of suppressing non serious Uh, responders. But that is a very, very small number of cases. Most of the time you want to be casting as wide a net as possible in your forms, so that your back end automation systems can then filter people out from there. And by the way, if you want a free website and marketing review, go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash (laughs) review. Of course, I had to mention that. Now, sometimes We get it, right? Forms get added to over time because you know, someone new comes in at marketing or someone new comes in at sales and says, Hey, it'd be great if we could ask for this. It'd be great if we asked for this. And then, you know, service team says, Hey, it would be really useful if we understood exactly how many people the company had in their team or whatever. And over time you end up with these long bloated forms. So it's a good idea every so often to just revisit all the forms on your website and check. Do we definitely need each of these pieces of information in order for us to move this prospect to the next stage of the sales process? And if we're asking for any info outside of, you know, first name, email, optional phone number, are we giving them a clear reason? why they should submit that. Now, if you're making any of these four CRO mistakes, you need to fix them pronto. But the good news is that they are all relatively straightforward to fix and they don't take up much budget or time, but they will improve your conversion rate. I hope you found this podcast useful. If you have, then leave us a review and also feel free to email us if you have any questions or topics you would like us to cover in future episodes. You can just drop us an email to podcast at ninja.com. Until next time, see you soon.